Hi, I'm Kiera. Hi, I'm Janine. Hi, I'm Jackie. And today, today for our first episode, we'll be talking about a book by Trevor Noah called Born a Crime. During the apartheid era, which means apartness, in South Africa of the second half of the 20th century, the government used the term colored to describe one of the four main racial groups it defined by law. This was an effort to impose white supremacists and maintain racial divisions. When the British Empire fell, the Afrikaner came back to claim South Africa as their rightful inheritance. They went around the world to study industrialization, racism all over the world, and they came up with the most advanced system of racial oppression known to, to men. In our society, we see racial divisions upon people we love and poverty, sometimes maybe not in our lives, but we see it on the people of our community and society. As Kiera talked about the apartheid era, I will be talking about Trevor's childhood. Every Sunday, his mother, Patricia Noah, take him and his baby brother, Andrew, to three churches. An integrated in the church that seeks to make Jesus grow. One church whose pastor focus, focuses on interpreting passages from the, from the Bible. An informal outdoor black church whose congregates spending hours praying for Jesus to alleviate their, self, their suffering. He shows how Christianity offers his mother a source of moral triumph and discipline, which seeks to pass onto her children. One day, shortly after anti apartheid era, I mean, leader Nelson Mandela is free from prison when the second high car tries to start. They start, they take informal minibus to church and nearly get stuck by an angry Zulu driver. Emphasizing the danger, I mean, the danger and integral tension that continue to strike black South Africans every day lives in the wake of uptime. Patricia Noah. Patricia Noah is Trevor's devout, fearless, and, t- and an independent mother. They are, not, they are unwanted middle child of temperance and friends Noah. She moved from Soweto to the to the Kosa homeland in her teenage years, where she worked on a family farm and starved. Hunger was difficult back then at the, uh, where they lived in Soweto. She, then she decided to train as a secretary, even though black women are ex- excluded from secretary jobs during apartheid. Once she managed to get work, she secretly moved to the downtown white neighborhood in Johannesburg, where a white man named Robert rents her room. She convinces Robert to have a child with her, Trevor, then managed to hide him in his entire childhood by keeping him inside or pretending that she is his family maid so that they can be seen together, they, that they can be seen together in public. She did, 
British party as black African people who don't know anything about technology or study anything besides their culture. After the court colonized and start up the era, in that time is the hardest time to all South African people start. Because once white people got there, they start changing everything and trying to change their culture too. In that time, white people move all black people from city to villages and if, uh, from good job to bad jobs and all cities and good job and businesses were for white people only. In that time is the time Miss Nombia Selo Noah come in a city and because she didn't have job or anywhere to live uh, she struggled a little bit but after she met with some other black women who lived in a city and they lived together for a few weeks and in those days is the time they uh, they introduced him to their landlord Mr. Brian and they she been talking to Brian a little bit after a long time they come together they fall in love and Miss Nompiocero Noah asked Mr. Robert that she want to have baby. And they got Trevor Noah. That was start of his journey. Because it was crime to have mixed child in South Africa, Trevor's mom take him to her to her parents in Soweto and start go visit his father privately in city. To his house or hang out to a park and but because there was a lot of people to the park they didn't act like they are together sometimes he forgot called his father said father because people doesn't know that his father is why they try hide it his father act like they are not together yeah after a few years, his father left the city and his mother was in the village trying to survive. And Trevor was raising by his grandma with other six kids. When he was grown up, grown up a little bit, he went in a primary to a private Catholic school and they put him in white kids class. But he didn't want to be separated with other kids because he speak their language. He feel like they they are the same. He went to principal and asking her if she can go if she, if he can she can change his class. So yeah, she did that and he went to black class. And that was awesome. Within Patricia's life, uh, Patricia struggles with her life um, in the beginning of her uh, childhood. Uh, Trevor talks about how she um, how she grew up with, of course, with two parents, but like she was born as a middle child, and so like she. She had like she was really stubborn when she was a kid. So like 
um, her mom, she didn't like her mom that much. Like, she thought her mom was like, was like, didn't like her. Then she just felt like, just like any middle child would feel, like, left out. She she felt left out, even with her dad. Her dad, um, her dad wasn't around that much. I mean, I mean, she liked, she liked her dad a lot. And when, um, her dad and her mom got divorced or whatever, she, she did, uh, her dad decided to go to, to have another family. And then when uh, Patricia told her mom that she's going to, um, she's going to her dad's house, the, the other family, um, her mom was like, fine, just go, like, whatever, and stuff like that. Like, because like, they were both, they, they had beef together, so, like, they didn't like each other that much. I mean, of course, her mom, like, loved her, but, like, she just did, didn't like her actions and stuff. But it's it's the stubbornness and stuff. So when um, Patricia would go to her uh, dad's house, she felt left out, too. I mean, her dad was, like, out in the in bars and drinking and stuff, and then come out drunk or whatever, and then she just be um, a dad, a family, like, and the kids would tea and dad, and then her step uh, brothers and sisters would tease her, she saying that, like, you're not one of us and stuff like that. And so she just felt so left out. So and then even the poverty there was really bad at that time when they're, like, I think it was like mostly when the time when the uh, apartheid started, like in the middle when it started, um, it was horrible enough to um, for the uh, black communities uh, in Soweto, they were like they didn't eat that much. Like to find food there, it was difficult for them because like not much money. The uh the men in the house went to work in the factories in the cities to help to provide the family their families and their like yeah exactly basically their families and even provide from themselves but the um the woman was would be at home watching the children and stuff and then for uh Patricia it was. It was her against the world. Like, from my point of view, it was her against the world because, like, like I said earlier, she, the poverty was really bad that, like, since it was her against the world, she, she had difficulties finding food for her own since, since her mom didn't, like, since she didn't like her mom or either her dad because her dad went to bars and just like left her at the other family so it really like she le- she felt left out like she had nowhere to go so it, like at that at that time of being she she'll find scraps of food like the power like i've i um i can reflect on the um on her life on her childhood but not that much. Like I, um, from where I was born, we had there was a uh, poverty. We um, we found clothes, of course. Uh, jobs were not easy to find. So our fathers, our father was was out looking for a job and stuff. And my mom worked like she would sell stuff. She would sell um, 
wheat so uh sell wheat and then she'll buy food for us for us to eat and it was really difficult i mean we found each day we found food at least we eat we we ate at least once so that was at least good at least good for one day and and i will find something else to eat it was little but but it was it was great i I, I couldn't even like think of anything else to um to see what I can like like how my mom provided for us it was really like her capability was really nice and I feel like she is special just like Trevor talks about her mom being special to her because that's her mom you know and so so the the poverty was really bad. We ate some, um, what is it, corn, like, the corn would be, like, a little bit old, like, it won't be expired, but, like, a little bit old, you know, like, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, I think, yeah, I kind of get it. So, as we're talking about, like, Born a Crime, the title of this book is how Trevor Noah was born a crime because it was a crime to be born in Africa light-skinned. So we can reflect to this off of the Martin Luther King Jr. speech because he said, I still see a world where my children and your children and all the children of this great country are judged not on the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. So basically it's talking about how Trevor shouldn't be um, talked about or do, like bullied because he's light-skinned and born in Africa. That's just not fair. Previously from Kira's talk on, um, on the behalf of uh, Martin Luther King Jr., um, he, talks, he talks about, in his speech, he talks about the people the nation of the people. He talks about the freedom of speech and that they will the one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but the content of their character. I I believe that people shouldn't be judged shouldn't be judged at all by other other people, other you know it's it's common in this world that people get judged every day based on little things, little possible things that happen to them. They do that, and sometimes and it really affects them. Yeah, it really affects each one of us when people judge us. It um, but people shouldn't judge other people because we all we're all different. We all do different. We're all different, but the same again. And it's not great when you judge when you judge somebody, but especially when they're color their skin. Um, it, it's when they uh, brought out the uh, Human Rights Act. Um, it really didn't. I feel like it really didn't like change anything because around the world, people get judged because of their religion, color of their skin and or how they live their own life and it's it's, it's a serious matter that that we need to change even though 
I believe, and also believe in uh, Martin Luther King's speech that one day people won't get judged by the color of the skin, religion, and they, but 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 their character, characteristic, and it's nice. I really believe that, like it just so believe, but but before there were actions taken by other people to support justice. But it hasn't affected black people. They need to take action without supporting violence, by peacefully protesting for equality. They need to stick together. They cannot be fractured, fractured by others and need to stand firm in their uh, desire for justice. Um, I've, yeah, it's uh, people been, in the present day, people, protest um in this late some in this late summer 2020 there was uh, a protest uh for black people um they protested for like the color the color of the skin they were being judged and it was difficult it was shameful and it affected them all even the other uh people even other other uh, colored people, I don't know, like uh, other people, certain people, and it affected them like they shouldn't be treated like that. Anybody shouldn't be treated because of the color of the skin. Everybody's unique in their own ways, and we all have, we all have that way that we should we should ignore. Like, imagine in a school and there's uh, it's all mixed races, and then and then there's some kind of bullying in school and because they um this is an example of a kid they're bullying him because of the skin this this the color of the skin and it's just so shameful i feel like she uh she or he should um stand up for themselves and um protest protest for their equality that because everybody deserve deserve human rights deserve rights for it for anything and it's really nice it's really martin luther king says that that america refused to give black people the reward they deserve so they returned the, the check with the words into insufficient funds to show them that they supposedly don't have anything to offer them. He says we have um, truly in this from the beginning of time we have such a pain not only black people but other races too who who um, regardlessly get get um like get get bullied by other other race just because they're different color they they have the different tone of skin like different tone like color of skin and stuff and it's really i don't understand that from my previous for me personally i don't understand how people judge other people by the color of skin we all we're all made the same we're all humans and I just don't understand that. I can't get that up. That 
I get I get like people I get judged because I have a different tone I have a different tone of skin color like it really doesn't make sense but people think but uh those people think differently they have a different mindset of how they should live their life and then they should and then they think that they can change the world over there that these people shouldn't be allowed in this world and and then that's how violence comes in violence comes in when people are hated by each other hated against each other and stuff and he says and Amarna also so says that the pain you don't deserve will backfire um, to those who inflicted the pain and will serve to make amends from the endure to the harmer. I understand that from his perspective because at uh, at the time of of his being, he um there was segregation, the Jim Crow, Jim Crow laws, and um it was basically black people. Colored people, brown people were judged. They were, they were judged to not, they, they were separated from white people, white supremacy, just like the apartheid. It was exactly the same. And the white, the white supremacy ruled over the other group of people. And it didn't like, it just, I feel like it's a history repeating itself everywhere. It's not only black people targeted, but other other people, other color, other color people, other just everyone. Even I feel like I, I heard a story. I read a story on um on Google one time. It was about um I think it was about the World War World War One when um. Some in Japanese when Japanese call um call white white people and put them in prison and enslave them, and it's not only white people that like are the ones who always be the ruler and stuff, but they just like how the Japanese um put them in jail and enslaved made them slaves, just like any other people, and then it just happens. I don't know. This word is is really crazy. So. I just, I'm just gonna end this with, I'm just gonna end this episode with, with this saying that people shouldn't hate with, uh, because of the color of skin or religion or how they live their life, and that'd be it. And this will be the last of the of the first episode, and we will be back for the next one. Bye.